Folks, if you love Mega like we think you do, do us a small favor. Join the Patreon. It's the number one way to support a small podcast like ours. The year we had was, well, I wouldn't say we didn't get our asses kicked with strikes and podcasting budgets getting slashed. So why not just head over and give it a try? You can do a free trial on Patreon. If that's not in your plan, at the very least, share your favorite episode of Mega with a friend and leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. We'd love to keep going, and we can't do it without you. Thanks. I'm not sure if I mentioned it before, but when my friend Clay Mason Bannerman and I want to impress our new lady friends, Tiffer and Mickey, we don't even have to take them to a restaurant. That's because we have an entire freezer stocked full of butcher box, and that includes high-quality meat and seafood that we can trust. It's so convenient. It's delivered right to our doorstep, and there's always free shipping. I mean, where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Tiffer and Mickey love it, and so will you. At least one of them is always around asking when the new ButcherBox is arriving. Sign up at ButcherBox.com mega and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional 20 bucks off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com mega and use code MEGA to choose your free-for-a-year offer plus 20 bucks off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. Hiya, I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where every single week we give our mega church, oh, a tiny family feel. We introduce you to members of our church staff and people from our community so that they can bless you, and I find it to be a treat and a treasure. Well, per usual, I'm joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Mr. Gray Haas. Shout out to the one I love. I think I've mentioned him before. Jesus oh, Christ and Bannerman? the Lord above. What? Oh. No. Your friend, Clay Mason Bannerman. Yeah. I mean, I love him like a friend. Oh, that's cool. How are you, Gray? I'm so great. Uh, I did this really fun thing this week with my youth who came to Climax, Hallie. Oh, cool. We were all set to do a Habitat for Humanity build this weekend Mm. where we spent a few hours on Saturday watching, you know, the dads of the youth group build a house for the poor people. But, um, you know, there was a slight mix-up, and this is a God thing, I think. I had been emailing with Habitat, the real estate company. Oh, no. So when we showed up, it was actually sort of an already built condo community called the High Cliffs of Indiana. Mm. And uh, they've got some excellent amenities, I might add. And so we ended up taking a tour through the whole thing, the open house. And then just, you know, to get my kids doing something for Jesus this weekend, I had them sing praise and worship songs to anybody who came through the door. So it was just, you know, a really powerful air-conditioned experience, which I know everyone loved, as opposed to, you know, working in the sun. That is so awesome. I know. (laughs) You just have to uh, plant the flag wherever you find yourself. Well, it's a God thing. That is true. How are you, Hallie? <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, have you been following this, um, I don't know what you call it, the workman's comp kind of scandal we got going on here at Twin Hills? No, what is that? Well, y- you know what, do you know what workman's comp 
is um, here in the United I think States? I, yeah, we don't have it in Australia, but I think I've heard of it before. Well, basically, if you get injured on the job by you know doing your job, uh-huh. then you know you'll continue to receive your your pay so that you can live. You know, oh, really? even if you're not able to do your actual vocation, you'll still be getting paid during your injury so that you know you don't end up you know starving without a roof over your okay, head. Okay, that's cool. Well, as you also know, you know Brett Schmitz, who works down in our props department. Oh, yeah. He builds a lot of the sets for like our Christmas programs right. and all kind that. Right, kind of long hair, spooky teeth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he is claiming that he, you know, sustained an injury on the job that now prohibits him from doing his job. And so he's trying to collect, well, I guess he is collecting workman's comp, but it's been going all the way up the chain to the board of elders here at Twin Hills. And they're kind of, um, well, they're fighting it, Gray, because, um, well, because of, it's sort of weird, the, the injury he's saying he sustained. Well, what kind of injury did he sustain? Well, I had invited him to come do the Walk Through the Bible, um, you know, small group with me, where where in one year we read the Bible from cover to cover. OT, so thrilling. New T, yeah, we do the whole thing. And we read the Bible from cover to cover, all 66 books. And I find it to be a real worthwhile venture, but... It just didn't go that way for Brett, unfortunately. Oh, no. What? Did he fall down and hit his head on a Bible? Well, he claims that, you know, when he actually read the Bible, that he now has a crisis of faith. And um, he doesn't believe anymore. And so he can't work for a church when he's having a crisis of faith and is no longer a faith-based person. And But he's saying, you know, this injurious injury to his faith happened, you know, here at work work, by actually reading the Bible and then realizing that it's not for him. So he sustained a spiritual injury and now he's not able to work. And I mean, you've got to believe in God if you are going to work at a church. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, we at Twin Hills will fire anyone who is, you know, doesn't believe in the sanctity of the Bible and the redemption of the cross and believe in God in general. And, but he's saying that he, you know, when he comes here, there are Bibles everywhere, which there are. And he says that's like an OSHA workplace hazard. Oh, I see. Wow. This is a real sticky wicket. It really, really is is and you know it's getting really complicated because so far we've been paying him workman's comp how long has he been off i think like six months or so but like how long could this keep going and so that's why it's gone all the way up the chain to the board of elders and you know he he claims that you know in the book of romans it says that you know faith is a gift of god Mm. and so he's saying hey guess what All of a sudden, God has given me zero faith. I don't believe it at all. And so he's saying, you know, according to the Bible, which is the book that Twin Hills is based on, you know, uh, God gives faith or God takes faith away. Any f- amount of faith you have comes from God. And so, you know what? He says, God didn't give me any, and, and it's not my fault. It's that God didn't give me any. And so, you know, I can't work here if I don't believe it. I mean, we should just really be praying for spiritual healing, I guess, and that God would restore him to belief. Yeah. But I mean, I can't believe that. Six months. It's like a... That's like a vacation. So put it on the top of your prayer list, Gray. That's where it is for me. You know, Hallie, we actually, when you said, do we have workman's comp, we, we don't have that in Australia, and maybe it's a good thing. Um, what what we actually do in Australia is if you get hurt on the job, um, 
you actually get to hurt the person who's your immediate supervisor in the exact same way that they hurt you. Oh, wow. It's sort of more of an eye for an eye method. And so then that keeps it, you know, all in balance because your boss is going, hey, I don't want anybody to get hurt on the job because I don't want to lose my hand or whatever. That's kind of cool. It's like if your right hand causes you to sin, cut off your boss's hand. That's right. I mean, how do you think my uncle lost both his hands? How did he? I don't want to get into that. Well, just like God orchestrates everything that exists in the cosmos, our guest today orchestrates the Twin Hills Orchestra. It's Mr. Gino Paprika. Welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you so much, guys. Lovely to see you. Oh, well, uh, you know, Chino, you are someone that, um, you know, is is front and center uh, with some frequency. Whenever we need, um, you know, the full orchestra, you are there at the front conducting. And, um, you know, I think it's really cool that we even have an orchestra because a lot of churches, you know, they just do the praise and worship. But, uh, you know, a lot of times we will add strings to things. And that's where you come in. Isn't that right? So cool. That is exactly right. Yes. And I am so honored to be at Twin Hills after a long career um, outside the church. Okay. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm honored to be bringing music, which is God's voice, is yes. what I call it. Yes. And bringing it and spreading it all over, all over. Yes. Your people. Oh, well, we love it. We love the feel of it. We love the sound of it. And if I might be totally honest with you, Gino, um, I get a little intimidated by conductors and orchestra stuff. I feel like it's a little bit highfalutin, you know, like this is what they did in Europe with Beethoven and whatnot. I mean, is it something that's accessible to the common man? It is accessible and it is not accessible. And I, I'm, I apologize for the roundabout answer, but it is truly a gift that I have and a gift that is very hard for others to get. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yeah, it is one that I, I have chosen to share for a long time. I kept it locked up and I used it only on myself. And I, I realized that there's a whole world of people that could really use my direction. Don't be intimidated is what I'd say. Okay. Um, yeah, you can just watch and be in awe. Yeah, that's right. And it really does. I feel like when you get that many instruments working together to make one beautiful sound, it really does sort of uplift all of us to think about how awesome God is. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought it back to God. I'll steer it back to me for one second. Conducting is exactly as you're saying, taking the many and really cooking it down to the one, the one rhythm and the one voice or mm. the one string that we all hear. Oh. And now I'll take it back to old God. And boy, is she happy about it. Okay. So, I, you know, I guess I have a follow-up to that. And well, I've got a few follow-ups. Uh, one is, what did you do uh, before you were doing uh, conducting? You said you had uh, another, uh, you, you were doing something else. I didn't have a title. What I, what I would do is I was sort of an independent contractor that would go into zoos. Okay. And I would uh, clean up after the animals had gone away, passed away, dead. Once, once the animals died, I would basically take them and uh, mulch them. Oh, you're yeah. like the cleaner. Okay, so a dead animal um, sort of cleanup. 
clean cleanup guy service, I guess. Definitely, yes. I bring it back to myself again here. Uh, I don't like guts, and I do like glory. Okay. So, awesome. so is conducting when we look at it, it's almost just like you're waving your hands around, and the you know they've got the sheet music, you've got you know your sheet music, and you're kind of just waving your hands around. What what's really the relationship there between the conductor and the orchestra? Is it sort of like God and us? Good question. It is a secret to the art, but I will share it with you two today Ooh. in privacy here. Uh, okay, we'll so. Check it out. I throw the sheet music out. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Cool. Totally. It's a lot of dots and dashes, I'll be honest with you. But what I will do is I'll take my honing rod and I hold it up. And these brilliant people with big buggy eyes looking at me thirsty, I will hone rod them how I see fit. And they truly, truly know the music that they're about to play and they play it and is that because they have the sheet music there in front of them that's precisely why yes and i enjoy it so much and the stakes are as high as they've ever been especially when playing for the lord uh and so I, i just couldn't be prouder of all those professionally trained musicians because i certainly can't play an instrument Well, sure. Except that white stick that you're holding. And in the same way, I feel like a lightning rod draws lightning right out of the sky. I feel like your conducting stick is pulling the power of God right out of the sky and into you. I appreciate you. And I'm glad my stick does pull God out because it's what I run on. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's with each little tick, dip, strip, whip, any little nip I give them, they know exactly what to play and god is there because where the heck else would she be and and i'm sorry and is that because they have the sheet music and you again yes they know exactly what they're going to play at every tempo beat i believe it's called yes now i I do want to ask this question is this because I don't know anything about orchestras, but is this basically the template for all of them? Because I guess I'm always thinking, it doesn't really seem like the guy up there waving, I guess you call it a honing rod around. So is this basically how they all work? Is it you're just kind of, uh, the, the, the conductor's sort of up there and the orchestra just knows what they're doing because they have the sheet music? Yes, very good question. And again, it is the mystery of a magician and what's in the hat. Because is there a rabbit in the hat or is there an egg that the rabbit hatches from is the question. Oh, is that the question? Is it the question? Yes, is it the question? My honing rod is one that I... I came upon. I did not purchase this. Uh, I did not whittle it. Uh, and I won't tell you where I've come upon it, but it is the thing that has been graced to me, so to speak, uh, to, to whip, nip, sip, and rip the way that I spoke of before. Well, I've heard of, you know, all the musical terms that must come from Italian or something like soto and retard and all of those things. But I like whip, dip, sip, nip way better. Like you were saying earlier, I think it's more accessible. Yes. Thank you. I do have a colloquial tongue, I've been told. And I... I'll stand before you now and tell you I didn't go to Julian school or what the arts of, uh, you know, the new new arts of schools of the world. I haven't been. And so I, I, I don't know the vocabulary that they 
teach in those books, but I do know the music that drips of my heart. Mm. I see. And you know what? Jesus and his disciples were uneducated men, and they were the most powerful and awesome men that ever existed, um, except for maybe Matthew. He was a doctor. I mean, you do. I, I have to say, I think the words that you're saying up there sound real because you really get into it. And when you kind of, I mean, some of the words you'll yell uh, and as you're conducting sound like Italian to me, but what are you actually saying? It was like, oh, yes. They're just kind of a, a Italian sounds, I guess. Yes, they are. They are different guttural noises that I've picked up along the way that get people's attention. They snap up the string section. They'll whip up the air, the air tubes. They will knock around the the bang, the bang tops. They, they, they'll, they'll inject a lot of the fury that I need out of the copper the copper-colored zone, and these people are lifted by those gut sounds. So I'm glad that you noticed, and I'm glad okay. that you enjoyed it. Would yes. you mind giving us a taste of those? Oh yes, let me let me get a little space here so that I don't blow out any things. But if let's see if I put myself here, and then I oh, ah, that will get them spirited. And then if I need a little, if I need a little softer here over here, I'll go. And they're coming down with that sound. And then if I feel like we need more gusto from the tin cans, I'll boof. And they know and they feel and they follow like good musicians. Oh, Oh, I felt it. I did too. I mean, I wish people could see. It's like you get six inches taller when you do that. Truly. It's powerful. Yes, it does. It lifts from me. Yes, thank you. Oh, beautiful. Now, I've heard that like on movie sets or TV sets, the person in charge, there's a whole bunch of people there, but the one person in charge is the director. The buck stops there. And I was wondering, with an orchestra, you got all these adults. Does it really all come down to the conductor? Does the buck stop there? Oh, truly, truly, truly. Buck stops there and the buck starts there. If you think about it, all of these musicians, grown people, have to carry their big, cumbersome, weighted tools of their trade, whereas I travel with a tiny, tiny suitcase straight of a honing rod. It leaves me so much room and so much strength to take over anything in my path. Yeah, you got to be in charge. I am in control and I enjoy the control because then I can take advantage. You know, Gino, something that I've been wanting to ask you about, and once I heard it, I was like, maybe that is the case, which is usually unless it's the Easter cantata or maybe around Christmas when you all are doing uh, the carol nights and things like that, you're usually backing up a lot of the praise and worship with the orchestra. But someone pointed out the other day, and I wondered if this is the case, is what you're playing under every single song, the riff to Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve? Ah, I've never been asked the question directly, but very adept. Okay, because it really, it's just faster or slower, maybe in... Exactly. Okay. We mess with the tempo and we soften or we harden. We slow or we quick. We toot or we push out. But it is exactly that, yes. And good ear. Okay. Wow, great. Well, that wasn't me. It was actually uh, one of the moms of one of my kids who's older than me. I wasn't even alive when that band was popular, but um, I do, I do know the riff. You know, it's dun 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 dun, and you really can do it under any praise and worship song. Is that right? Oh yeah, try it. So cool. I'll give it a shot. 
Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Oh, it really does work. I just love that. That is, oh, I just feel electric. I'm on a Jesus high. I mean, it really is. You just slap it under any any tune, and it really makes it feel epic. That is unbelievable. Now, Gino Paprika, forgive me if this is too personal a question, but are you Italian? I am of Italian origin. Awesome. Yes. They came centuries ago here. I just, I thank God every day for the Italians because of the pizza and the fettuccine Alfredo and the meatball, you know, spaghetti and the manicotte and all of it. I love it. Lasagna, you name it. I love it. And I do too, maybe a little too much. (laughs) Oh, impossible. You're just a beautiful specimen of a man. Am I allowed to say that? Oh, thank you very much. You are definitely allowed to say that. And you always wear the tuxedo because I've never seen you in anything but that. And uh, I just think that's so, I mean, you've got the big hair, the tuxedo, and you know, you're hard to miss. Yes. Thank you very much for not missing me because I'm happy to be here. I led a horrible, horrible life. My zoo days were... Filthy and wretched. And so I made a promise to myself, not only devote thee to God and devote thee to rotting an entire orchestra into what I think they should be doing, but also make myself look presentable and and really try to sparkle. So I only have tuxedos and it doesn't it doesn't mean I need many. I think I only have about six and I mix and match and little bow ties. They wash fast and dry faster. And I am, I am very, very lucky to have those tuxedos. Yeah. And the shiny shoes, they're very dapper. Thank you very much. They are, they are almost leather. I believe they are very, very close to leather. How did you end up finding Christ? I, I guess I'm just trying to tie those days of working as a zoo cleaner, uh, mm-hmm. or, um, I guess, death death cleaner, or whatever, whatever you want to call it, yes. uh, associate, with Christ. Like, how did you? How did Christ come into your life? And, and just to, to go from the lowest of low to one of the most exalted you know, profession, at, le- at least appearance in appearance, yes. I think is amazing. Yes. The term that I believe they use in zoo culture is ruminant ritter. And so I was addicted. I was shameful. I was just whooped all the time. And I had a family and they would come with me to the zoos, but I overlooked them and I took them for granted. And I one time forgot where they were. And that day they were in a cage and that was not an animal to be taken. That was an animal that was hungry. And that, yes, that animal gave my family to its family. Oh no. What kind of, uh, what kind of animals were they? Well, they were as close to my family as you can get. They were baboons. Oh, wow. I didn't think those ate people. Yes. Well, they did that day. And I hit bottom and I hit it pretty hard. And a a young man that I met in a pool in a Russian bath gave me a little rod and my life took a turn. So, well, it happens when, every day. Someone drops a toddler into the crocodile cage or somebody leaves their teen in the primate house. And, you know, those animals are wild. They're just going to eat what, when food's presented. They're just going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. My family found themselves in the cage. And from what all of the other uh, zookeepers 
sad. They really laid down and tried to play dead, unfortunately, when they should have tried to escape. Well, it's a very biblical death. Daniel in the lion's den, all the Christians in the Roman Colosseum being fed to the lions. I mean, you know, sometimes when it's your time, it's your time. And you know what? You go right to heaven and it's way better there than it is here. So that's a comfort. I agree. Now, speaking of heaven, Gino, uh, we know very little about Lucifer, the morning star, Satan himself, the evil one. We know very little of the story of why he got kicked out of heaven. Um, But I learned in an old contemporary Christian rock and roll song called Why Should the Devil Have All the Good Music? I learned that when Lucifer was in heaven, he was the angel of light who was in charge of music. And I've heard a lot of people say, that's why rock and roll is so much better than Christian music is because Satan's in charge over there of all the good music. And I just feel like you're someone who's proven that wrong because your music is so incredible. I mean, look what we just did with Bittersweet Symphony and Awesome God. I mean, doesn't this show the beauty of Christ and that, um, you know, Satan's a loser? Truly, truly biggest loser there ever was in heaven. I am going to adapt that Satan rock, and I'll continue to work hard in front of every congregation that I have the joy of leading. And I think orchestral music gets a bad rap because of all of the the uh, horny, shiny, stringy, tim-tam sort of instruments, whereas you have the very sexualized electricity of instruments in rock and roll. You have the buzzy wire sound and the eccentric smash hole banging with all of the ratty sort of scream. And that's Satan music. You understand? Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about, just so I'm clear, you're talking about guitars and drums there. Uh, yes, I believe, yes, for purposes of, yes, for brevity's sake, you... They've, they've, I think that's an acronym. Drum does mean dizzy, rimmy, under mode. Oh, the technical term. Okay. And that's yes. how an electric guitar feels. It feels buzzy. And I know, hey, look, uh, Bob Dylan was a pretty wholesome folk singer until, guess what? Drugs yeah. took him into exactly. electric guitar. Yes, if you want to play a zap-zap instrument, well, you will get uh, something in your veins, and it won't be God. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, I'm still so curious and sorry about the whole baboon thing with your family, but how did you make it from the zoo to, you know, this amazing leadership position of an orchestra? Yes. Good. Thank you. I almost was a baker. I also came very close to being a rascal. I came super close to being a rascal. I came into wax museum sculpting and bumped up against it. Everything kind of shooed me away. And what did I always follow? What's the one thing I always looked at and said, hmm, I could put it in there. It was God. Awesome. That is awesome. Right. I think that answers my question. And since the whole baboon thing, do you have any emotional trouble with the bassoon in the orchestra? Ah, thank you. I don't allow the bassoon. I've limited the oboe and... I don't allow any screechy sounds of a primate to come from any of my different instruments. So it's scaled down to some degree and they understand it's because of my trauma and they all have, they have, they've been very understanding of that and they learned how to play different instruments. One of them now plays the whistle. 
Oh, cool. Right. Oh, I've noticed that. It's yeah, I've never seen that. A slide slide whistle, isn't it? That's exactly it. Yes, the long slide whistle. Yeah, every time she does it, I think something's about to fall on my head and I'm like, "Hey, look out." Um, but you know, I think that's interesting because woodwinds, yeah, they, they I guess no woodwinds um in, in the whole thing. Woodwinds. Hmm. Oh, you mean the hollow tube? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I'm sorry. I don't know the terms. The hollow tubes uh, have been extricated from uh, our orchestra for many reasons, also sanitary. Uh, from what I've heard the musicians say, they they must fillet the tube of the mouth pieces. Yeah. And that's unreal, unreal disgusting. One instrument in the orchestra that I've always been very confused as to its presence there is the cymbals, those big crashing cymbals. It doesn't seem like it goes. Is that what they're called? Cymbals. Oh, oh, the cymbals. Yes, they are the rim shap. They make a rim shap smash. That's what you mean? The big the big metallic golden ones yeah, made of gold? Yeah, the big yeah, circle, gold yeah, circles? Yeah. So the person that plays the rim shack is called a rim shack master, and they don't play anything else, and they can't. Those are the most confused of the orchestra people. They don't know... Uh, they don't know when or, or what, or they can't read anything. And so they are the ones that rely on me the most. And I squish my fingers together like that when I need them to make a rim shack. And they're very polite. Speaking of loud noises, when you did the uh, the celebration of the life of Carmen. Carmen? Uh, Carmen, yeah. Carmen? Yeah, you know, everybody knows who it is, Hallie Common. Common. Right. Uh, oh, no, not Common. The, that's that's a rabbi. I think he's still alive, I hope. You're talking common about Common Sense, the common. sprite. Uh, oh, no, I, the guy who did the champion, you know, the devil and Jesus in the boxing match and what, whatnot. Wow. Oh, epic Carmen. Uh, when you did the memorial service and you played the champion, uh, but it was just, I, I guess it was called Boom, Boom, Boom with Common, and then it was just all timpani or whatever. I'm not sure what you you call them. Maybe you call them Boom, 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 but everybody in the whole orchestra was just playing timpani, and you played that whole album. I thought that was amazing. Wow. Oh, thank you very much. They're called Smash Skins, for okay. your information. And they these were Smash Skin artists that have been training for this memorial service, which was very important for us. We needed to really show the honor and the praise for Carmen, all of the great work he did for the musical God. And I, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. It was very loud. I was up against a few other people for the role of conductor. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, really? I, I didn't realize there were auditions for the... For the memorial. That's cool. So that yes. you can only get the best. Yes. Yeah. And they brought me and the two children, two little children, in, and I really wiped them up. Gino Paprico was played by the wonderful George Basil. You've seen him on a million TV shows and can follow him at George William Basil. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas was played by Greg Hess. Follow us and Mega the Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you really want to get out of hell free card, support us on Patreon. The link is in the show notes. <laughs>